It's Tuesday, November 12th. I'm Martine Powers. This is an impeachment inquiry update from Post Reports. So where are we right now in the impeachment process? We're at a big moment, a pivot point, where Democrats are going to bring a lot of what they learned behind closed doors out into the public over the next couple of weeks. It's really the first major public step to writing up articles of impeachment against President Trump. Amber Phillips is a politics reporter who's been covering the impeachment inquiry for The Fix. So Wednesday will be the beginning of what I call State Department Week. We're going to have two of the three State Department officials who have testified to Congress behind closed doors come talk to us. The two people are Will Taylor. He's a former ambassador to Ukraine. It's not his official title there now, but he's basically the ambassador there right now. And George Kent. He is a high-level official in the State Department who oversees U.S.-Ukraine policy. These are two people with decades of experience in U.S.-Ukraine policy. And why did Democrats choose these two people to testify on the same day? And, And what is the overarching narrative that they are expected to say? Democrats would like to get across that career officials, again, with decades of experience working in both Republican and Democratic administrations who are just straight shooters on U.S. foreign policy and have nothing to gain politically, think that President Trump's orbit was undermining U.S. policy in favor of President Trump's political interests. Taylor and Kent in particular were at a position both in Washington and Kiev where they could watch a lot of this happen. They were talking to some of the point people in in Trump's orbit who were executing some of these alleged quid pro quos, and they were hearing from them what was happening. Taylor in particular took really detailed notes. He wrote a memo to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at one point outlining all his concerns. He said he always has a notebook with him. And I think of him as a reporter who was figuring out what was going on in real time and then put it all together for this testimony. And both of them say they were super alarmed. And I think it's worth reminding people that that both of these individuals have testified previously to these same members of Congress behind closed doors. So essentially, they've been auditioned for this, right? Democrats are very confident that they're going to be very good witnesses for them. Democrats hope they're going to be good witnesses for them. Democrats pick these people specifically to share with the American people what they hope is like a nonpartisan assessment of what Trump did. Because at this point, we've heard Democrats come out of these closed-door depositions and say, man, it was so damaging what Bill Taylor said. And so the goal is to have these nonpartisan people tell their story in a way that has it jump off the page and resonates for Americans who might be skeptical of the lawmakers. So what were the takeaways of what Bill Taylor said behind closed doors and What are we expecting him to say tomorrow? Taylor was the first U.S. official to go to Congress and say, there were quid pro quos. And I say plural. Taylor testified not just one, but two, that the Trump administration or people in Trump's orbit held back military aid that Congress approved for Ukraine and held back an Oval Office meeting to get Ukraine's president to publicly state he'll launch investigations into Trump's political opponents. So Taylor was the first official to connect those dots. Taylor wasn't hearing this directly from Trump and not even from Trump's point people. They they didn't go out of the room and immediately talk to Taylor. But 
He talked to a number of officials at the White House, national security officials, Ukrainian officials, who were all telling him the same thing, that quid pro quos were being offered. As a testament to the accuracy of Taylor's testimony, a national security official by the name of Tim Morrison testified later that, you know, he didn't think this stuff was illegal. It wasn't a quid pro quo. But yes, Taylor's correct. This happened. Another important point of Taylor's testimony is the person who communicated allegedly one of these quid pro quos is Gordon Sondland, a Trump donor who's now a diplomat overseeing the European Union. Sondland originally testified before Taylor and said, I don't remember if I communicated quid pro quo. Taylor's testimony was just so thorough and so accurate. Sondland said it, it refreshed his recollection. I think it was exactly the words he used. And yes, he pulled a Ukrainian aside at one point and said, listen, if y'all want to get your military aid, your president needs to announce these investigations. So basically what what Taylor has been saying was that there were all these people around him who came to him and said, hey, we're noticing this weird dynamic. Things seem sort of unusual. We're getting a lot of pressure or we're hearing about pressure and that he can kind of speak to the atmosphere within the State Department, the atmosphere between the U.S. and Ukraine during this time period. Yep, that's exactly right. And so then what does George Kent bring to this and what is he expected to say So Kent was in a position like Taylor, only in Washington, to to be in contact with a lot of these people in Trump's orbit and a lot of national security officials and even Ukrainian officials to assess what was happening. So we're expected to hear a lot of the same from him as we do from Taylor. In fact, a lot of their private testimonies bounce off each other. Like one of the highlights of Kent's testimony behind closed doors was that he said he heard the president said nothing less than an investigation into the Bidens, 2016, and Clinton was going to satisfy him in Ukraine. Well, Kent said he heard that from Taylor. So I expect these two guys to bounce off each other a lot. What's interesting about Kent is he does a thorough job of illustrating how corrupt Ukrainians were working with Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal lawyer, to undermine U.S. interest in Ukraine, he felt. They essentially recruited Giuliani to smear the ambassador at the time, Maria Ivanovich, and brought that all the way up to Trump's attention, and he ousted her under allegations many people at the State Department say just weren't true and weren't fair. So the additional narrative that Kent is likely to be talking about is this idea that not only was President Trump or President Trump's allies putting pressure on Ukraine, but also that Ukrainians were basically using the president or using the administration and that in the narrative that is being put forth by Kent that that the U.S. was being played. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that from there, I think we can expect Kent to illustrate how their interests, some of these what he calls corrupt officials in Ukraine and people in Trump's orbit were symbiotic. They like they needed each other to get after their political opponents. So what are Republicans expected to say during these hearings? What is the line of questioning that they're planning to take? That after weeks and weeks and weeks and thousands of pages of closed-door testimony, Democrats still can't say President Trump did this. That he, he was the one who said, yes, hold up military aid until Ukraine investigates my political opponents. That it might be Giuliani or it might be other members of the administration or Trump's circle, but it wasn't actually Trump himself. Exactly. And and some key players in all this, like Gordon Sondland, a a Trump ally, said, I just presumed that's what the president wanted, so that's what I went out and said. Others, like Kurt Volker, another Trump point person on all this, said, 
Giuliani was the one telling me to do this stuff, and and so I did it. So then is that going to be the big question for tomorrow's hearing? Like, do you expect that what Taylor and Kent will say will actually directly implicate the president in this? No, I don't. Because Taylor and Kent weren't part of President Trump's inner circle on this. So they don't have the knowledge of who was directing what. All they could see was what was happening. And it's an incomplete picture because they weren't in the rooms when somebody somewhere said, hold up that military aid. And somebody somewhere said, have President Zelensky investigate the Democrats. So I don't I don't expect them to implicate Trump. That's they didn't do that in their private testimony. And again, Democrats, I think, obviously would like to find the smoking gun here, but they also see that as a strength of character of these witnesses, is that these are crew diplomats, they don't have any political vendettas to execute against the president. They're not gonna like overstep what they know. They're gonna lay out the facts as they understand them, even if it doesn't portray perfectly with the narrative Democrats might want. Amber Phillips writes about politics for The Fix. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening.